Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Having a versatile, high-quality piece of clothing feels great, but having a whole closet full of favorites feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Thank you. Hello again, fellow basement dwellers. This is your good friend, Patrick O'Dowd, welcoming you in to another edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Bandwagon Nerds is, of course, brought to you by the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com, where we remind you to always use your head. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And remember to support us by heading over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and investing in one of our mini t-shirt designs. Remember, kids, if you're the next one to purchase a Bandwagon Nerds t-shirt, you will be publicly thanked on these internet airwaves. This has been going on for a while, though, so I have a feeling. I have a feeling my message is not getting out to you all. You can be recognized. Stand and be recognized. We will... Dave's not here today, so I'm going to break the rule and do the. I will acknowledge you on these internet airwaves. So, Dave, that's right. David Ungar, the lawyer, not here today. Um, it's a, it's kind of a quiet bandwagon, kids. It's kind of a quiet bandwagon. We, we do have, we do have Mr. Consistency, Mr. Saturday Night. 
the Iron Man of the bandwagon, the Cal Ripken. Oh, he's wearing an Iron Man shirt too. How about that? The Cal Ripken of bandwagon nerds, one Mr. PC Tunney joining us on the bandwagon. So welcome, welcome back, Tunney. Good to see you. Oh, Patrick, imagine me and you and you and me, no matter how they toss the dice, it it had to be. We're today we're just so happy together. We are happy together. A dynamic duo. Let's let's get some comic book jokes in there as well. But um and, and we had this this had to happen. It's Super Bowl Sunday as we're recording this. Very, very exciting. Dave is hanging out with the mouse. Uh very, very exciting for him. And I'm assuming DP is too busy ducking me by preparing for a Super Bowl party to to be on the program. Okay, so uh, he is hosting the Super Bowl this year. We we talked about this before the show. He he's 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 smoking a brisket for everybody, so he gets he gets out of the, he gets a pass on that for me because I'll be eating the brisket. You You're won't... very excited about the brisket. Yes, it it looks really good already. I seen some pictures, so yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited. I, I know it's not an acceptable excuse for you because you will be unable to taste said brisket. I will be unable to taste said brisket. That's okay. I'm going to go wait in line for seven hours to get wings at one of our local okay. establishments there you or go. something <laughs> uh, to that extent. It's it's funny because uh, I don't I don't have Super Bowl plans so much uh, as I will watch the game and watch for trailers. Like that's really what I'm doing is I'm there's, looking for trailers. There's supposed people. to be some pretty good uh, commercials. I'm looking forward to Usher at halftime. I think you're going to have a lot of really cool cameos for his halftime performance. I think it's going to be a really good game. Yep. Um, how about the little O'Dowd? Any interest in football or no? No, the little O'Dowd is the definition of not a sports guy. In ah. fact, he um he would probably be best friends with DP at this point in in the sense of video games and Legos. Yeah. Like that seems like those it seems like those two would vibe. He um uh, I have turned the little O'Dowd into a bit of a video game hipster, and I don't know how I feel. Like he came in he came into the uh, the family room the other day and he was like, Dad. I prefer PC to console. Oh, geez. Here we go. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay. He's like, I do. It's just better. And I'm like, all right. And I was like, well, do you like AAA games? Or he's like, I prefer indies. We don't need millions of dollars. I'm like, you were 12, dude. <laughs> Your he like, just turned 12 this week. It sounds like, like your son. Let me tell him. you, though. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I have made him a video game hipster, which good for him. But... We are so we are doing a uh, something a little bit different today, noble listener, because of the Super Bowl. Because we have a a stripped down bandwagon, just the two of us today. We are going to have a little bit of a stripped down episode, but we're going to do something special, something we don't do, we haven't done on the bandwagon. I'm going to save it. I'm just going to let it happen later on in the program for you all. So a little bit of a tease for y'all, a little bit of a tease. But something that if you've listened to our work here on ChairShot, you have heard before, but not on the bandwagon. That doesn't mean we're not going to do some of the things we usually do. We are going to do a trailer park before we go into our something special. And of course, we will talk about what we've been watching uh, when we get to the end of the program. But um, yeah, I'm, I just to wrap up, I'm excited for the Super Bowl, too. Uh, I do love watching it. Uh, someday I hope to actually care about the winner. Um, <laughs> one one day, one day, like on my deathbed yeah. when I'm 98 yeah. years old, yeah. the Bears will finally win one. Yeah. 
maybe again. Yeah. I mean, I still I have 1985. Uh, it's so funny to talk to young Bears fans who just they can't relate to that. Like they can't. In their lifetime, we've just always hated that the Packers are better than us. So the year the pack, the last time the Packers won the Super Bowl, 2010, I think the Super Bowl was in 2011 or whatever. We beat the Bears in the NFC Championship game. I, re- I remember this. At the time, I was driving truck for a company, and my boss <clears throat> is from Illinois and is a huge Bears fan. So I bet him that if the Bears won, I would work the day after the Super Bowl for free. But if the Packers won, I would get the day off after the Super Bowl and still get paid. Mm. Well, congratulations on that victory. Uh, well done. Thank you. But we are, like I said... Like it's exciting, exciting times. People are gonna overeat and indulge and watch commercials and 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 watch the game. I'm interested in the game, but much more interested because in the commercials just because that's that's good material for the bandwagon. It's usually when we get our first looks at some movies that are coming out this summer, maybe a Deadpool trailer. We hope that's that. Fingers crossed. That's our only Marvel movie, so. That's the one I've heard rumors of. Uh, I've seen some pretty cool commercials that are supposed to come out, some like preludes to the commercials as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Right. Have you heard any other big trailers that could be dropping during the? the I I haven't really paid attention okay. to to be honest. I've, I've kind of let it come to me. Well, what's really disappointing about the Super Bowl now, and this was not part of the agenda, everybody. We are you're getting bonus content right now, but the Super Bowl has changed with with the advent of the the interwebs and streaming and youtube like part of what was like the fun and allure of the super bowl commercial was that you you had to you had to watch the game to to or have the game on to get to the commercials so you'd always hear people be like oh i'm just here to watch the commercials that that was a very real thing like that's what made my mom sit through the super bowl was because my mom wanted to see the commercials because they're 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 unique they're different. They're funny. Uh, USA Today used to rank them all. They still do. But now a lot of companies are releasing their commercials on the internet before the, they're like, watch the big game commercial now on our website. And so it kind of takes a little bit of the magic away from the Super Bowl commercial. Two points just to go run off of exactly what you're saying. And it's great, great points there. One is the fact that you can just wait till after the Super Bowl and go on YouTube and watch the commercials again. You couldn't do that before. And speaking of back right. when, you couldn't do that. Like, you're a couple few years older than I am, you know, uh, so we're roughly the same age. But I remember being a kid and into my early teens that during the game, the party was going. People were talking. People were watching. I think Patrick uh, just had a spit take. Hit a wrong, wrong pipe. He looks to be okay. Um, <laughs> I think he's laughing and choking at the same time. He's okay. He's okay, folks. So I remember, though, once the commercials came on, it was quiet and everybody was listening to the commercials. So uh, that is definitely one of the memories I have uh, as, as a youngster right there. The other thing about the Super Bowl commercial, not just, like that made him special, like people would get silent and watch. They also used to like they used to have longevity. And like year after year, you would see returns to certain ad campaigns. For me, the Budweiser campaign that was the Bud Bowl, the Bud Bowl, 
Do you remember the Bud Bowl yes. where the bottles would play we each other? Bud it Bowl, was a stop motion animation. Yeah, thing. it was like Bud Bowl six, Bud Bowl seven, and everything else, right? Right. And eventually, it just it fell to the wayside. But you used to get updates throughout the Super Bowl of the score of the Bud versus Bud Light, uh, Bud Light game. And I, as a kid, talk about marketing to children. By the way, like as a child, like here's these animated beer bottles playing football, and I'm like, that's more exciting than the actual game. So, so many great ad campaigns, and that's probably a list show that we should do a Super Bowl Sunday, like in front of us. Just uh, the our favorite Super Bowl commercials of all time, because there's so much out there. We don't have great taste, less filling without the Super Bowl. I do believe that was a Super Bowl ad campaign, but uh, you know what? That's that's ten minutes of show you didn't know you were going to get everybody, and we're going to roll into our actual agenda now. We have no pro show to cover today and with just Tony and i we weren't gonna we're, we're gonna pick something out of the blue to to review so we're gonna jump right into the trailer park and, and in a rare moment i'm going to ask one pc Tunny with a little bit of trepidation to cue that beautiful banjo I love that you just have a different banjo tune every time. Every time you fill in for, for Dave, it is a different banjo tune. It's never been the same banjo tune twice. I appreciate that. I, you know, I try to be prepared so that when I'm done, I don't have to edit. <laughs> very fair. Very fair. All right. So I did it to you, and I'm sorry that I did this to you. Uh-oh. What? Nothing. What happened? No, you're good. Did you, did you not watch one of the trailers? <laughs> I got to be honest with you. We might have to pause the show for five minutes. So we've got five trailers today for the trailer park. I did want to make sure we got our money's worth. I did it again, though, Tony, where I did that thing where I was on YouTube with, like, different trailers. And then I was like, huh, what about this one? And that is how we actually got to our first trailer on the list today, titled The Completely Made-Up Adventures of Dick Turpin. I was sitting around, and I saw this trailer under the Apple TV channel and was like, okay, this looks goofy, so I hit play. Little did I know that we would be walking into a trailer for a a show that probably gets a little bit of a, a our flag means death kind of vibe, a little Taika Waititi-esque of a sort of foppish British uh, outlaw who wants to become the next most feared highwayman in the 1800s or the 1700s. Like you can't really, I can't really put a date on it. Um, but I got to tell you, man, I was highly entertained by this this guy and i think the the moment that really hit it for me was when they he he's got the these this group of people that they've just robbed the trailer for they're all tied up and he wants them to complete a survey because he wants to give them a more uh, enjoyable robbery experience he's looking for feedback 
on how it goes. And that's just the sort of thing that you're going to get out of this this show uh, I can see on Apple TV Plus. And I just love that these are the kinds of programs you can find on Apple TV because this is a risky program. This is the sort of thing that if it's on HBO, much like Our Flag Means Death, gets canceled after two seasons because because audiences and David Zaslav aren't going to see it through. But I think this thing looks hilarious. Uh, I meant to look up the cast to see who it is. It's um, people like uh, Hugh Bonneville is in it playing a character known as Jonathan Wild. Dick Turpin is played by Noel, Noel Fielding. Uh, um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of in on this uh, when it hits. And Apple TV Plus usually makes it pretty easy to follow something. So that's uh, that's my thought on this first this first trailer. It to me it was kind of like Robin Hood meets Jack Sparrow <laughs> a little bit. A little bit, yeah. You know, uh, it looks fun. There's a lot of witty wordplay. Um, I can't wait to get this dick in my hands. Um, you know. Oh, yes, that was uh, good. The the young the young server in the in the in the in the in the pub, you know, here, Dick, I, I brought you your peppermint tea and I threw a little honey in it. I know you got a scratchy throat, you know, this guy, the dichotomy of, of his, of his personality and character to what you would actually think would be like a highway robberman. Um, and then the last one in the, in the thing where it mentioned different parts in there that were funny was they're sitting on the side of the road, waiting to hijack the next person that comes along. And he's like on three and he goes one, two, he never says three. And the, the caravan goes along. He's like, ah, oh, well, we'll get the next one. Yeah. yeah, it looks it looks fun. This was a series, right? Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a series hitting Apple TV uh, in the coming months. So yeah, I forgot to I forgot to check out a, re- a release date, but I, this looks like a good time. It definitely yes. looks like something I'll be able to spend some time checking out and watching. So uh, can't wait for that. I also came so this both of these these first two trailers completely accidents. That I, that I came across. This one I came across while scouring through my favorite website, io9. And I think I was re- I think I was reading their morning spoilers article, and they were like villains or it may, or something about it. But it's something the name of the movie is called Villains Incorporated, and they had this title about this. You know, looks like something that's really really funny, and it's about it's the story of a of a henchwoman uh, named Beatrix, played by Mallory Everton. Uh, who has always been the like henchman villain. She's always the, like the sidekick villain for the big bad. And she's always wanted to try and take over the world, but she can't because she's a B level villain. And I probably don't stop and watch this trailer. If Colin mockery as Harold, another henchman as part of her crew isn't in it, but I'm like, huh, that's Colin Mockery. Let me check this out. And then as I'm watching this trailer, I'm like, I can kind of get behind this. This is kind of funny. Like, she's getting yelled at that she needs to have some sort of superpower. And she's like, I took two took two classes on witchcraft so I could, or necromancy so I could kind of speak with the dead. Uh, like, like, she's a little delusional. She's a little dumb. She's trying hard. The, the trailer opens like she's in the unemployment line trying to collect her unemployment check and the the person who's working there is like well did you try i, I can't remember it's like did you try to take over the world today did you did you did you fail and she's like well no 
well then you don't get like you don't get paid it's just like it's it's funny stuff uh again looks like a, a neat little take on the superhero genre the the big bad villain and, and kind of one of those uh movies that's gonna look at the other guy the other guys those background characters that we don't necessarily pay attention to in a fun and entertaining way colin mockery has jazz hands yes it's it's not arthritis it's jazz hands um yeah, there's, it, it looks like this could be really well written and just fun. Um, and, you know, you, we've seen, like, the B-level superhero movies, right? You know, I don't really remember the B-level, like, live-action villain movies. So uh, a new story to tell here. Um, the lead character, whoever's playing um, Beatrix, looks like she's um, going to do a hell of a job in that role. The last thing I'll say is when she's trying to register her name with, like, the villain's, um, you know, directory... Like she doesn't, she, she, she can't have any name. She ends up with like villain girl, eight, six, seven, four, two, eight. And then she couldn't have that. She had to be four, two, eight, nine or something. So yeah, yeah it looks, this it's, looks, like, uh, looks like it'd be a lot of fun. A lot of, it looks like there was a lot of paperwork involved. So yeah. <laughs> that's a, it, it just, I love, I love things like that. You know, kind of in the vein of like an office space, the other guys, free guy, Free guys, another one on the hero side of things with that video game take. So, looks like a lot of fun. Uh, but let's get into the the three sort of quote unquote heavy hitters. The as the little O'Dowd would say, the AAA trailers of 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 the trailer park today. And we're going to start with a series that is debuting on Paramount Plus: Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This is an animated series that is a direct spinoff from. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem movie, the Seth Rogen project, the the art style is is not the same as the movie. This is a more traditional looking animation style with uh, with colored cells as opposed to sort of what I argue is like this fascinating claymation animation hybrid looking deal. Like it looks it looks like a, a painted palette in some way this looks like a more traditional cartoon this looks less expensive doesn't, yes doesn't absolutely look, doesn't look bad but it looks less expensive it looks really good actually and and why wouldn't they have had this all planned out all along teenage mutant ninja turtles right. is one of the you know most successful franchises of anything in in said uh genre and uh, nickelodeon should have a teenage mutant ninja turtles uh weekly show and they consistently have. And this, the, I think the interesting thing about this one, I don't know that it said that it was playing on Nickelodeon at all. I think it's only streaming on Paramount. Is it playing on Nickelodeon? It had I know Nic it's streaming on Paramount Plus for sure. It showed Nickelodeon before that. Oh, I, because I, I know that's the brand. I know Paramount owns okay. the Nickelodeon might brand. Be then. So I, don't know. I, I definitely know it's on uh, Paramount Plus. But it, it seems like it keeps a lot of the same humor. Uh, it seems like we, I didn't look to see if it's the same voice actors from the movie, but it, uh, some of them definitely sound like they are. So I'm, I'm hoping that means that, um, that they got those kids to continue to, to be in the, in the roles, because I think that makes a lot of sense. Well, once again, that'll also be about the money. <laughs> Well, I the kids are cheap. Let's let's yeah, be real. I suppose. Uh, or at least they they're they're still cheap now because it's it's still early 
for for their careers. So, you know, that's usually when you can take advantage of that. Uh, a lot of fun. So if you or your child enjoyed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, uh, definitely check that out. Give it a look because I think it's I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be good. And I wonder and I think it's going to connect because there is already a sequel that's that's been confirmed. Like They've already set that up. It's at least in the in the storyboarding sort of pre-production phase. We'll see if it it makes it to the big screen. I think it will. The next one, I'm pr- did you ever see A Quiet Place? No, but I know what it's about. Right. I always I always hesitate when it's just the two of us to, to put on something that may or may not be horror just because I know what you like and don't like in a drama. But I always lean on or a, a film. But I always do kind of lean into if it's a thriller or something that's a little more tight and intense, that that might be something that you might you might have checked out or given a look. A Quiet Place 1... Uh, is better than A Quiet Place 2, in my opinion. I do like both films. I think they're both quite good. But, you know, the first one with Krasinski and Emily Blunt as a family, 400, you know, a year plus after this alien invasion has taken place where the people survive by not making sound because the aliens are incredibly sensitive to sound and very reactive to noise and will attack and devour anything that makes noise. This series is very much more along the lines of tension and thriller than it is horror, in my opinion. And I, I really love that about this series so far. We got a trailer for A Quiet Place Day One. And it looks like it's going to be the one to tell us it's the prequel. It's going to tell us how the invasion started and what happens. And it looks very interesting in the sense that it is going to progress to the point of where the original film, at least how society has, how humans have adapted to try and survive, like that piece of it has been brought to the fore at the end of this this film that I do believe is, again, it's a Paramount, uh, Paramount film. I'm not sure if it's exclusive to theaters. I think it is in theaters. Uh, I, I've enjoyed the first two movies. I usually get a little dicey on prequels. Uh, looks like the, the main character, I can't tell if they're deaf or mute or, or anything. Cause I don't know that the main character that we see or follow that they speak or make any sort of noise or sound or gesture in any way, shape or form other than surviving in this film. Uh, so Tony, I turn to you. Uh, what what are your thoughts on prequels in general, and what do you think of, of the look of this film? I would say anybody who's been following uh, A Quiet Place would, would definitely be interested in the... This is basically the origin story of how Earth became like this, right? So to see right, them... day one. Right, to see the aliens shooting down out of the sky and, and, and the initial attack, and, and I'm sure it goes and transitions into how people start to survive originally. So yeah, it was a really cool setup to show day whatever for something with Krasinski and, and then to wind it back and go, well, here's, here's when things were normal. And now here's where they started to stop being normal. Right. And a really big time cast too. Um, Diamond Hansu, uh, Lupita Nyong, both well-regarded, well-respected actors that, that play primary roles in this film uh, you can't go wrong with a cast like that. And John Krasinski has a writing credit, so he was involved in... Remember, this has been his brainchild. Um, 
a quiet place. So I do feel like at the very least, uh, the people that have been originally involved with this, the people who have been a part of these films, they are still heavily involved in this in this movie. And that that bodes well for future, you know, for the future of this movie. And it'll probably do pretty well. So that uh, Quiet Place Day One coming soon to a theater near you. All right. Last trailer. I'm going to see this. I'm going to watch this series. So this is another Paramount Plus series, kids. And the reason I'm going to watch this series is because the little O'Dowd is going to watch this series. And so if the little O'Dowd is going to watch this series, I'm going to watch the limited run Sonic the Hedgehog sequel series, Knuckles, Hedgehog, York. Sonic the Hedgehog sequel series to spin off Knuckles. Now, for those of you who don't recall or didn't see Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Knuckles was introduced. He's voiced by Idris Elba and was probably, for me, a real highlight of the series. Here's the good news. Idris Elba is still voicing Knuckles in this limited-run Paramount Plus exclusive series. I got to tell you, man, I, I, I don't know that I needed the little O'Dowd to be interested in this for me to watch it. Like, there's some funny shit in this series. Like, when Knuckles is creating a fighting arena in the living room of the house where we also get uh, Maddie, Tiki, Tika Sumter is back as Maddie, the, the mother figure um, who adopts them. And, and, he, and Knuckles has got the family dog facing off against his greatest enemy, a postman that he has kidnapped and put armor and given a club to. That's some funny shit. That's some funny shit. And, and this looks really good. Yeah, I I think it's a really a clever thing to do. Like, Knuckles just can't sit still, and he's always has to be who he is and seeking vengeance and, and you know, being the, the great warrior that he is. And Earth really isn't suited for him now that there's no battle to be fought. So what does he do but all these crazy things? And I was laughing my ass off when, when they revealed the mailman was the guy who's the dog was going to fight. So I, I thought that was pretty good. Um, it'll be interesting to what, see what kind of situations they can all draw from this. Um, you got the out-of-shape dude trying to get in shape as well to become a, a warrior. Um, so that led to some yes, comedic the, hijinks indeed. He's, he's like the deputy in the movie, like the deputy uh, to James Marsden's sheriff in the movie if i if i do recall um sounds like ben schwartz did a little bit of cameo work to re, to re, uh, revive his voiceover role as sonic as well so they're keeping continuity all the way through too which i think is really really good uh, but this looks like a lot of fun if you enjoyed the sonic the hedgehog movies for what they are and they are fun family fair fluff animated uh, not animated um live action with animated characters, uh, you're going to enjoy this one. So I, uh, I can't recommend it enough. And so folks, that's our trailer park. That's it. That's all we got. And, and when we, we're going to take our first commercial break and we come back, Tony and I, your, your uncles, your uncles, Patrick and PC, we got a special treat for y'all, but you got to stick around to see what it is when we come 
back. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome back, everyone, to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, part of the Chairshot.com. Always use your head. Remember, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot for any of your chair shot swag needs. Shirts are only $19.99. Spend a few dollars more. Get it soft style. And like I said, you buy the next Bandwagon Nerd shirt. We will thank you on the program. Okay. So I'm sitting here being like, we got no Dave. We got no DP. We got... That that guy from the Mindless Wrestling Podcast is uh, isn't gonna that dude. Um, I hear his show is really good. DJ DJ, that's his name. That guy, he can't make it. We got it's just me and PC Tony. What can we do? Because here here don't don't take this the wrong way, bro. But I, I had all I was like looking at all this new stuff. I know now you're gonna take it the wrong. Way. I was looking at all these news items. And I'm like I'm gonna throw it at Tony. He's gonna be like I don't know. You tell me. And I didn't, I didn't know how, how good a podcasting that is. So I was like, what can we do on the bandwagon? And Tony will get excited for that we could that we could do. So I thought, you know what? Sometimes I do another show on the Chair Shot Radio. And I do it with this PC Tony character. And, and we have a lot of fun with it. Why don't we just bring that to the bandwagon? So kids, I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to play you into our special surprise. And now, the group you've all been waiting for, the Lovers of Five! Hi, I'm David. And I'd like to tell you about my favorite number, which is the number five. And the number five is my favorite number because it has one straight line here. And then it has a round line on the bottom here. And then it has another line on the top. I love singing about the number five. Give me five. Ah, give me five. Yeah. Give me five. 
Bandwagon Nerds edition of the 5x5. Five five. For those of you who are uninitiated on the 5x5, five five, this is a podcast that I do every once in a while when either Dave's absent or we're just looking for something a little fun and different to do. And what we do is we are going to take a subject and we are going to do, usually it's the five best and five worst of a subject. This time, though, we're doing a, a little bit of a spin on it because we're actually doing two categories that are similar and fit together, but they're not really, it's not really one topic. And so today, for the 5x5 five five Bandwagon Nerds edition, PC Tunney and I have agreed to do our top five shows that were ended too soon on television or streaming, and our top five shows that hung on just a little too long and should have been canceled sooner. I love this format. I love this. We're, we treat it just like our list shows. So for those of you who don't know the rules, when we do a list show, we we have our five in, in this case. One of us takes a turn, announces our pick. If the other one has it higher on their list, they're going to raise their hand, just like we do for all of our projects. And we'll hold off on that similarity until it's at its highest point on our list we're going to count down from number five to number one uh usually i go on the positive side of things quote unquote positive side of things and i let the guest on the show do the what i think is the more fun of the two because it would be is the one that generates the most conversation when it comes to shows that have ended too soon this time so for this particular go around i will be leading us off on the conversation of shows that ended too soon. And Tony will be leading us off on the shows that lasted too long. I'm excited for this. Tony, I made a list of eight. I have three honorable mentions in each category. So I I'm sure you did too. No, no honorable mentions. You didn't? Nothing written down. Really? I got my top five. I, this, th- I thought this was going to... Okay, so I specifically dedicated this morning to doing this list and writing my Super Bowl Jeopardy, right? Obviously, uh, we... Just so just so folks know, that little hiccup right before the trailer park was me having forgotten watch the trailers, so we paused so I could watch them. That's how dedicated I was to getting this. This was a lot easier than I thought. I pulled up like yep. uh, half a dozen to eight uh, lists that exist like this because there's a lot of articles like on both of these. You know, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and stuff just hit me, and I went, "Yep, oh yeah, yep. oh yep." So I'm I'm ready to go. I'm excited. This is a fun one. This is a good, and this was a Patrick O'Dowd uh, original idea here. Um, so I'm ready. Thank you. All right. Well, then, if, if you're ready to go, let's get into the first one. Uh, the first show that I chose was actually a show that Greg Demarco turned me on to, and that Ooh. I caught up to a little. Greg Demarco. I, oh, who's that? Allegedly, he runs the site. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't know. He's 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 supposedly my best friend. I, oh, okay. I, I hear from him once a week when I well, <laughs> not even always once a week. Like I hear from him maybe when the two of us are in agreement to. We did text today. We texted today about going to Las Vegas. So you know, we got that. Uh, so that's going on. Sorry, I dropped my phone. Um, but 
he turned me on to this show. Uh, I'm a big fan, and I think you probably were too back in the day growing up of Sports Center. Sports Center was is is like this ritual, something you watch. And Greg DeMarco is also a big fan of Aaron Sorkin and Aaron Sorkin's writing style. For those of you who don't, you know, know he's most famous for his writing on the West Wing. That dialogue, that back and forth dialogue, that sharp back and forth. Well, he also was the writer behind a comedy that only lasted three seasons. I say comedy, it's a dramedy, much more than anything, called Sports Night. And Sports Night is one of those shows that if you go back and watch now, damn, was it so much ahead of its time and so much better than it, than it had, than, than people really thought it to be. And I think it was one of those that executives didn't get. This show lasted only three seasons. It uh, starred Felicity Huffman, uh, before she fell from disgrace for, or fell into disgrace for trying to buy her kids' way into college, her husband William H Macy shows up later on in the series uh, as a as a an antagonist. It starred. I always pronounce this guy's name wrong. Robert Guillaume, or uh, he was Benson. He was in the show Benson. Do you remember, do you know who I'm talking about? Oh, you would know him if you saw him. Uh, also, was the voice of Rafiki in. Um, Lion King, but uh, fun cast. It was really, you know, it was really anchored and um, run by Peter Krause, who plays Casey McCall, one of the anchors, and Josh Charles, who plays his best friend and anchor Dan Rydell. It's really, really smart. It's really, really witty. They they bounce off of each other so so well, and the chemistry among that cast is really tight. It unfortunately. Like I said, only made it about two and a half seasons before it was canceled. Uh, and they basically wrote that into the show as to how it was. I love that show and strongly advise if you can find it on streaming, give it a look, give it a watch. It's pretty good. I've seen every episode of it. It's great. Uh, it didn't come up on my radar, but I agree that I wished at the time there would have been more seasons, more episodes. So, yeah, great call. Great call. Really good show. If you All haven't right. seen it, check it out. Cool. Well, now we'll go to your number five, your show that canceled way too soon. This is an interesting one because it was canceled way too soon and it came back and it's still on, which means it was canceled too soon. Oh. So to make to start off my list, I always like to have one or two fun ones. I think this is probably the only fun one today. Uh, Family Guy. Family Guy was canceled too soon. Yeah. It indeed was canceled. And if you don't know that, you should go read the stories about how the fans loved it so much that Fox was smart enough to bring it back. And now, basically, it's still new every every fall through uh, spring on Fox. So I will say Family Guy and the proof is in the pudding. We're still watching it. I know a lot of people like Family Guy. Not a fan? Patrick O'Dowd. Patrick O'Dowd does not like Family Guy. I am up and down with it. I, I don't, like it's fine. Like, yeah. I don't hate it. Like, I don't, like, I don't, like hate it but like it's one of those where i'm like it is it's it's kind of emblematic of the type of comedy of the time where there's a lot of things that happen but like a lot of the jokes are like oh it's like that time i met the dalai lama at a 7-eleven and then they cut away to the dalai lama at a 7-eleven like that sort of things which is funny because one of my favorite shows of all time scrubs that's very much his brand of humor yet when i watched it family guy i was like yeah i'm feeling it and i just think it's um when it became less about Stewie, that's really when it when it fell for me is when when well, Stewie then, and Brian sort of took a backseat. It 
it's kind of like the Simpsons, you know, it was all about Bart and it had to pivot into Homer and they Until pivoted, it into, pivoted it into Peter pretty much and his relationship with Quagmire and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, right. it's still one of the greatest cartoon sitcoms of all time. Um, it, it'll always be rated like that because of its longevity and being one of a very few shows to ever come back after getting canceled. So, all right. Yeah, continue? absolutely. And, and also created, uh, it had at least one spinoff, right? Cleveland was the Cleveland show a spinoff of family mm-hmm. guy. Yep. It was. My name so, is Cleveland. Does American I'm dad share, a, does American dad share the same universe no, as I don't think family so. guy? No, I don't think so. Huh? Interesting. I don't think so. Cool. All right, All right. My, my number four. My number four is something that's rumored to come back, in all honesty. And if you follow me on Twitter at PC Tunny, you heard me ask Roy Choi and John Favreau for more of The Chef Show, which was a spinoff of The Chef, the movie by John Favreau, which um, Roy Choi didn't really want to help him with, but said, if you really want to do this and do it right, I'll show up every day. Um if you can go back on Netflix and check out the first two seasons of the chef show, it's freaking great. Um, it kind of applies to this show because a lot of the guests and the people that they go visit that aren't chefs are famous actors and actresses from the Marvel universe. Um, I know in one of the uh, episodes, there's a dinner with Kevin Feige, Roy Choi, John Favreau, Tom Holland, uh, Robert Downey Jr., Anthony Russo, and a couple other people that are really, really high hitters in the Marvel universe. But it's a really fun show. Roy Choi is an excellent chef and uh, rumors possibly of this coming back, but I definitely need more than two seasons of the chef show on Netflix. That is awesome. It's funny as we, as we go through this list so far, the, like some of these shows that we both of us are talking about are rumored in some way to, to make a return and a comeback. So because my number four is a Marvel Netflix show, that at least the character has a potential to to find new life. So when Netflix wholesale started axing their Marvel Knight series after they did their Defenders, the one that hurt me the most as a fan was Luke Cage. Because the the first season of Luke Cage was really good. The second, the second season of Luke Cage ends on the, just, just the cliffhanger of all cliffhangers. And I was so ready for another season. And they axed it unceremoniously. And, knew, and Luke Cage was never heard from again. And to me, it was just downright criminal that this show, which I think was every bit as good as Daredevil, did not get a second life. But there is hope. My friends, there is hope with Daredevil Born Again coming back and they're starting to bring back some of that cast that at the very least, maybe Mike Coulter can come back as Luke Cage one more time. And it's sto- the story is there if they run with this, you know, President Kingpin or Mayor Kingpin thing, because at the end of season two, Luke has taken over a big part of the Harlem underground. Uh, and that's uh, the Harlem mob. And that is a, like he, cause he has taken over uh, for Cottonmouth and Mariah Dillard at the end. Like he is the man in charge at the end of season two. And that's what I wanted to see next. And I didn't get it. Do you think maybe we see something like echo, like a next part 
kind of series like Echo that oh, God, I hope so. continues this and brings him in. Like, then you can call whatever you want. But I you know really what I mean? hope so. I really, really hope so. How amazing was Echo, by the way? Because we, we had to hold off, and then Dave talked I really about liked it while it. you were gone. So why don't you get your he chance? He did it to... behind my back. Yeah. Like, that, was, that was some shit. <laughs> I, I, I mentioned this in our chat. I was like, it's awful convenient <laughs> that the reason we couldn't cover Echo because somebody hadn't finished it on time, and then I'm gone bowling for dollars that I didn't I, win, and suddenly we can talk about Echo now. Amazing though, right? Like I rate it like nine it and was, a half. Out oh, of 10. it was terrific. It it was it was very very good. I love that they changed the way she gets her powers. That it's very much tied to her her ancestry in the in the comics. She has a uh, powers that are very similar to um, uh, the Taskmaster in that it's. Like she has like sort of a hyper photographic memory. Uh, and so she's able to watch somebody do something and just mimic it back. This giving her sort of this sort of power grounded in her her family. I love the way that that was done. And it was just, you know, Kingpin's been sort of slowly reintroduced or introduced into the MCU. Like we see him in, in um, Hawkeye. This starts to show the extent of his reach and his power. I I'm, excited i'm very excited for where this goes and i i think it did a lot to do some good justice for the echo character because i think a lot of people were feeling kind of flat with how she was premiered and debuted in hawkeye so i love it i loved it very very much it's very very good so all right so that's my number four you did know your number four your my number three is a show that I've actually talked about on Bandwagon Nerds before. Uh, it's an Adam Scott-led film, uh, led series called Party Down, the story of down-on-their-luck actors working for a catering company just trying to get by. As Adam Scott, Jane Lynch was in it, Lizzie Kaplan, Jennifer Coolidge, Megan Mullally, uh, Jennifer Garner was in the the re um, the revival season. That, that again sort of ended in question and it doesn't sound like the another another go around is coming back uh, but this show premiered in 2009 on stars was canceled after its second season even though it was really really well received by critics it's its ratings were just unfortunately low uh, I just I loved the show the revival went well. It, it's already been uh, categorized as a limited revival. I don't think we're going to get it back again. It's a show that I really wish that the the actors at play and the executives behind it can find the time to help it go and just and stay. Because it's, it's a show that both times it's been canceled has left a lot on the table to, to be watched. And so party down my my uh, my number three. No, you definitely turned my eyes towards that. It's on my to-watch list, but it's there's a long. We all have very long to-watch lists. So, uh, but the talented cast just draws you in right away. All those people went on to do unbelievably successful things um, in different movies, sitcoms, etc. So, yeah, great, great call there. Um, my number three is a Fox show that lasted four years and starred Will Forte, Kristen Schaal, Cleopatra Coleman, Jason Sudeikis, etc., etc. January Jones. It's the last man on earth. Uh, I thought this was really fun and witty the way they did it. Um, it's like apocalypse on earth meets comedy. Cause the whole thing is very comedic. Um, 
Will Forte is the main character, Phil Miller, and he, he, he just ends up meeting people along the way in, in this abandoned world where this virus apparently is killed. And they show it. They show different fields of bodies laid out and stuff like that. So as they go on, they have the problem of finding food that's still good and cars with gas and things of that nature and meeting new people and new things happening and starting their own society. Uh, one of the funniest things I thought is when they originally get their first group of people together, there's another guy named Phil, and he's this really tall, built, put-together, handsome guy. And they go, well, we can't have two Phils. So they call uh, Will Forte's character by his middle name, which he hates, and that's Tandy. Um, so he, he ends up being called Tandy. But along the way, you have a lot of fun. Jason Sudeikis comes in, I think, in the second season as his brother, who was in space at the time, and now has found his way back. So... I could have used another season or two of this. I thought it was really fun. The cast was excellent. So I don't know if you've ever seen it, but uh, really good run. No, but I have heard really good things about it. So, yeah. Um, and it was, it's funny as I was, uh, I too used lists and research. I saw it on there and I was like, well, I haven't seen it, so I can't, I can't put it on there, but it, it was, uh, it was definitely one that was noted on multiple lists. Yeah, I think it was the first thing January Jones did after Mad Men as well. So that was always something to see and where she was going with her career. But yeah, um, oh, and Mary Sternberger is in here. She's excellent. So Very um, cool, very cool. Should we go to my number? Oh, it's your number three? My number two? Where are we at here? I haven't done my number three yet. I apologize. Or I haven't done my number two. So I've done my number three. You've oh, done so your I go. number three. So it's I your go. number two. Okay. Um, Drink. My- no, I can't yet. This is one of the. This is like one of the one percentile of PC study clean. shows. Yeah, I, I don't want to start too early. I'm going to be drinking all night at a Super Bowl party. I have off tomorrow, and I'm not driving, folks. So there you go. Um, my number two um, is Deadwood. Didn't know. Yep, thought... I've never seen Deadwood. Okay, gotcha. I know people love Deadwood. The best thing about this, though, is years later they did come back with a movie that finished a little bit of the story. Um, yeah, and like I said before, I know we have lists and prioritize our own lists of what we still need to watch, but if you haven't seen Deadwood and you enjoy that genre of the, the, the Wild Wild West and things of that nature, um, what an amazing cast. Talk about Timothy Oliphant, Ian McShane, etc., uh, etc. Et Just a brilliant, brilliantly put-together show. Um, don't watch it around your kids or they're going to be swearing a lot. Nice. Uh, I mean, not nice. But uh, I, I guess you, I hear you there. So for my number two, I'm going back to my childhood. Okay. I think because, we have completely different lists. This is great. So when I so when I was a kid, I got really into the Fox Saturday morning cartoon block with the X Men cartoon because they had a bunch of Marvel cartoons in the '90s. But my favorite was the 1994 to 98 series Spider-Man the Animated Series. And this show ended abruptly because of arguments and fights behind the scenes between producer Avi Arad from Marvel and Fox's folks and Saban Entertainment who all started to really get in and after each other over, over the direction of their programming and their shows. And so Spider-Man, the, the animated series in 1994 ended with the most unsatisfactory finish ever 
where Spider-Man is left searching through multiple dimensions to find Mary Jane because they weren't given the opportunity to finish this show. But it was so, so good and so, so true to the comics in so many ways that it was it was a crime that it didn't get that it didn't get finished. And you know, a lot of people you love the portrayal of J. Jonah Jameson that's done by, and I'm gonna forget his name now as I'm sitting here. Who who's been J. Jonah Jameson now in um God, he was the he's the jazz teacher in um uh God oh fuck, what is it? sorry, give me a second. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm not sure. Oh, I had it. No, I had his name in my brain, and then I forgot, I forgot it. J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons plays oh. J. Jonah Jameson. Really, really famous. But for me, my first J. Jonah Jameson actor say? was Ed Asner. Ed Asner was the voice of J. Jonah Jameson in the cartoons. Could just said and Omni Man. What? Could just said Omni Man. I could have said Omni Man, but I, like, <laughs> I I got nothing. I I. I'm tired. I went to a birthday party today. It sucks. You need to eat lunch, Patrick, but, and settle in with a stiff drink for the Super Bowl. That's what you need. That is true. But Spider-Man, that animated series was so damn good. It was it was really top-notch. And it hit, you name a Spider-Man rogues gallery character, and he was in there. Like, they, they hit everybody, anywhere, and everything. And it had cameos from the X-Men. It had cameos from Captain America, Blade. Iron Man makes an appearance. Like it was all across Marvel Comics. It was so so good. Uh, I hated that it got canceled, and that you know I can go back and rewatch it on DV, you know, on Disney Plus for now. Uh, but that's that's uh, that's by way too soon, and I miss it. All right, my number one, my number one TV series that lasted one season and didn't even get its full season, sci-fi. Uh, film in the vein of Star Wars sci-fi western called Firefly was a Joss Whedon film I don't know why this show got canceled because it, uh, it, it, it just it was it was never I don't know it was just never given the shot that it deserved Nathan Fillion runs the has the ship that he runs that is a they're they're basically uh i don't know it's it's like han solo he's like they're smugglers there's ro they're they're rogues he's got this crew that had a hell of a cast alan tudyk adam baldwin gina torres this the, the poor show only lasted 14 episodes and then was later given a a movie to sort of bring it all together and wrap it up. But it was far and away just this ahead of its time space Western that, that has such a strong cult following and never got to see itself through canceled unceremoniously. I love this show. I miss this show. I wish it would come back. I never, never I've never seen the show, but do you know how I know of the cult like, nature it has cult classic nature it has with said fandom ship do you want to know how i know that how do you know that do you watch the big bang theory or did, did you watch the big bang theory oh yeah 
Sheldon Cooper's disappointment and, uh, uh, you know, he wrote letters to the to the people who had the network that can't he called the net he called the sci-fi channel didn't he and asked them why they so to sheldon yeah cooper's something dis, like that to sheldon cooper's disappointment on big bang theory is really my first glimpse into the the disappointment of star of uh firefly fans um so yeah great call it's probably one of the most classically um cut short things that people regret that it didn't get more of a run to this day yeah miss it so much the movie is good, but it does not give you a satisfactory ending, and it really makes me pissed because they killed off so many great, a couple of really great characters, really popular characters, to to bring some closure. All right, your number one, sir. My number one was two seasons, and was really the lesson learned that led us to Game of Thrones, and it was a series on HBO for two years called Rome, which starred Ray Stevenson, Polly Walker, Sierra Hines, James Purifoy, Kevin McKidd, Toby Menzies, Simon Woods, Carrie Condon, Indira Varma, Lindsay Marshall. I mean, the cast was epic, the set was epic, and it cost way too much fucking money, and they had to shut it down after the second season. Um, and like I said, there are literally executives at HBO going, the lessons we learned from Rome are what allowed us to do Game of Thrones the way we were allowed to do it. Um, if you're looking, if you love that era, uh, a Roman era of, of Julius Caesar, etc., and this show is really about the city of Rome and the people that inhabited inside the city of Rome, this is just a phenomenal phenomenal watch uh, a very adult show but excellently executed with amazing actors and actresses yeah i agree with you it's a it's an epic epic series that yeah it was so ambitious it was a little too ambitious and and that ended up being its unfortunate downfall really through no fault of its own so all right folks there you have it pc tunny and patrick o'dowd's five so ten Shows on television that were cut down way too early. My three honorable mentions, Freaks and Geeks. Seen that uh, a lot. I've seen that on a lot of lists. So, so many Judd Apatow friends uh, were on that show. A show I'm currently rewatching on Max, Fringe, which was, in my opinion, the answer to The X-Files. And then last but not least, a show that can never be brought back without complete recasting because it starred Jonathan Majors as its lead actor lovecraft country hell of a great show on hbo people didn't get it uh and that's too bad because it had it had a lot of potential uh for a show that's not gonna make it and now it won't ever come back because jonathan majors is never acting again seems pretty clear that that's gonna happen so all right tell you what tony let's go ahead and take our second commercial break now we'll come back and then we'll do our top five shows that went on too long you're listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of thechairshot.com. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? Thechairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Welcome back, everyone, to Bandwagon Nerds. Patrick O'Dowd, PC Tony, giving you a very special Bandwagon Nerds edition of the 5x5. Five five. We are here talking about our five shows on television or streaming that lasted 
too long. And the segment that we just did right before the commercial break was our five shows that were on TV or streaming that were cut too short. I went first on the shows that la- uh, that were cut short. So that means the PC Tunny gets to kick us off with shows that overstate their welcome and were on too long. Sir, you're number five. We shared nothing, um, but but came up with. We the, did share nothing in the first in the first half. But I think it was kind of cool because we did get through a lot of really great shows that didn't last long enough. I have a feeling there will be at least one, um, and I don't know which one, but I think at least one thing in common here. I'll start the. Bidding. It would be a minor. It would be a minor record if we didn't None, overlap right? at all. Yeah, um, I'll start the bidding, Bob, with uh, my number five that lasted too long. Two and a half men. Two and a half men. I never watched two and a half. So men. it's funny because this is one of those shows that I never watched when it was out brand new every week. I just didn't, I don't know why, but then in syndication, you know, sometimes things aren't on or there's nothing to watch. Or you're just trying to, you're just floating through the channels and you see some funny stuff while the Ashton Kutcher two and a half men is okay. It was unnecessary. This was a Charlie Sheen show, and the only reason it got brought back was to stick it to Charlie Sheen when he's going through all that bullshit and arguing back and forth with Chuck Lorre. So I just don't think it was necessary. So for me, number five on my list of shows that stayed too long is the Ashton Kutcher-led part of Two and a Half Men. You know, I there were several sitcoms I thought about including in here. I only have one sitcom on my list, by the way. So spoiler alert. Three and two other drugs. There, there were a couple that I that I seriously thought about and I don't want to spout those off while while we still have a lot of lists to go. But um two and a half men, yeah, that was one that just yeah, it went on forever. And that's and, and yeah, casting changes usually can can be uh can be a big one that that Shows you that a show just needs to call it. All right. My number five is a show that only went five seasons, but it was probably about two seasons too long. The HBO sci-fi mind bender series Westworld. Um, it's your number. Oh, so we, it's no, higher it's, on Tony's no, list. But that's fine. We can talk about it now because it's my next one. So it's all good. Yeah. yeah. So it's Tony's number four. So there it is, everybody. I was the one who broke the seal and got us tied up on a a similar pick i loved season one of westworld i would put up there with any season of television as amongst the best television i've ever watched in my entire life uh from the way that they told disparate stories uh where you weren't really sure you were in the past or the present um to the big reveal at the end when everything finally goes south with the with the machines it's it's just amazing and brilliant. When that season ended, I was ready for season two. And then season two was kind of okay. And then season three, it started to be like, what are we fucking doing? And by the time we got to season four or five, it's like, we're just going to throw it against the wall and see what sticks. And I watched it all the way to the end. Season five, the last season, finally got itself back to being compelling television. But by then it was too late. And, and it was just too late. It was too much. It was too long. And it, it killed. It, it was a snake that ate its own tail and probably was burdened by the success of its first season to, to hit new level. And it just couldn't do it. 
I couldn't agree with you more that season one of this show <clears throat> on a, in a, in a vacuum is one of the best first seasons of a show I've ever seen. It was so amazingly awesome and different and, and well-written and just kept you on your toes. And then, well, here, Patrick, you know me pretty well. How far into this, how far into this series did PC Tunny make it? Let's play that game. Into Westworld? Yeah. Two episodes into season two. I finished season two and went, I am never watching any of this fucking show ever again because I started season two and I love season one so much. And I'm like, maybe something happens where we get back to that. And then I had people who had the same feeling as I did. And they were talking about season three to me and they're like, it just gets even worse. And I'm like, good. I'm glad I had already made up my mind. Never again. And you were probably right to do so. It was one of those shows. Sometimes I, I get into this where I'm like, you know what? I'm seeing it through. Fuck it. <laughs> I'm seeing it through. And I saw it through. Unfortunately. So uh, I saw Westworld through. I also saw this next series through, and I really regret it too, since you already did your number four with Westworld. I'm, I'm trumping you here with my number four. Uh, awesome show on Showtime has one of the most infamous series finales of all time. Did get a revival se season that was sort of okay, but still just wasn't the same. Dexter. Dexter was a seven-season series that should have ended after season three when Dexter's love of his life, mother of his child, wife, Rita, is found murdered in a bathtub in one of the best twist endings I've ever watched at the end of a season. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Dexter is a serial killer who, as a child, was found by a police officer in a uh in like a, a semi-truck trailer like one of those truck trailers with his mother brutally murdered he's like covered in blood and he is like basically he's wrong and he's off and his father recognizes this at a young age when he sees him murdering like killing animals and so rather than have the boy committed and put away in a psychiatric hospital he actually gives him rules to live by that allow him to manage what he calls his dark passenger and allows him like he any victim that he chooses as it starts to get more complicated he has to follow these set specific set of rules to where he's basically a vigilante serial killer to where he satisfies his his urges by by following these rules. And so everybody he kills is a horrible person and a criminal, and he has to be able to prove it. Uh, he is a forensic, uh, forensic scientist who specializes in blood and blood spatters. And so that's how he finds his victims is he, he finds people who are perpetrating other crimes to then commit his season three. He's going up against a serial, a fellow serial killer played by John Lithgow. And it's, First of all, it's one of the most amazing performances in Jim, John Lithgow's career. But that that series ends uh, on season three, and there's just no words. And they just couldn't follow it. And then it got dumb. And then it got really dumb. And then he ended up being a mountain man in Canada. And that just was the worst. He was a lumberjack. And was like, okay, fuck all this shit all the way off. But I saw it through. Saw it through. Dexter, my number four. Patrick O'Dowd, glutton for punishment. I really am. 
So it's on to your number three. <clears throat> yes. Since, I, since you did your number four. Yeah, my number four was Westworld. My number three is really weird. It's a really weird show, and I'll tell you why. Because I'm going to tell you how I classify this. I absolutely enjoyed the first six to seven out of nine seasons they had. This show has an amazing cast. This show is also the least rewatchable thing I've ever watched in my entire life. How I Met Your Mother. This should have been done two or three seasons before the finish. The way they ended up showing you how he met the mother was horrible. But Josh Radner, Neil Patrick Harris, Kobe Smulders, Allison Hannigan, and Jason Siegel form one of the coolest casts on a sitcom of Friends that ever existed in television. If you watch this for the first run, in my opinion, it just is so good. There's so many jokes. There's so many things that carry it through. The friendships they have, the relationships they build with each other. But once you get Robin and Barney being together, you know, you're kind of going outside of where you were in the show. Um, I don't like the ending. I thought they could have wrapped this up in six, maybe even seven, if you would have done the last season correct. So, yeah, How I Met Your Mother. What an interesting way to describe a show on all these different points of the i was i was very very i was just like you was very much interested in this show watched it all the way to the end the last season is is dumb and terrible and and fans just felt so cheated by that ending too because all this build up to then have it be a vehicle for him to eventually get together with robin at the end was just people hated that result hated that ending and it was it was dumb it was dumb so i'm right there with you are you ready to be floored by my number three? Sure. No. So first of all, I'm going to tell you straight up. You hate this show. Oh, so I love this show. Yeah, it was on a lot of you lists. You hate though. this show. It was on. I didn't. I don't hate it. It just. I didn't. It. I've watched maybe three or four episodes, and it just didn't hook me. But I understand where right. you like it, and I'm not shocked necessarily because we both kind of researched the same way. And this is on a lot of lists. So tell me why. Tell me why your favorite show of all time lasted too long. Scrubs, my favorite show, Scrubs of all time, lasted too long. It it went eight seasons, and it was always that show that was in danger of cancellation. Like if you ever listen to Zach Braff and Donald Faison talk about it, they talk about how every year at the wrap party we were like, "Well, is this it, or is this not it?" And you know, it almost was it when the writer strike happened, and they went um, and NBC dropped them. Uh, but then they get picked up by ABC for for a final season, uh, an eighth season. And in that eighth season, they do a it's a series finale. Like it's a straight up series finale. But somebody saw potential for money. Money apparently talked. And we made the most useless series, season nine that ever needed to happen. Now, if I were to do this show all over, it would have been a five to six seasons show because things do start to get kind of strung out as you get a little further along, uh, especially once they hit that magic syndication mark. Uh, the growth of the characters kind of hit us, hit a ceiling, and it's hard to get past that. But season eight, um, that season eight finale is was so fitting and so perfect, and it just it didn't need to end. That season or that season didn't need another season like that. That should have been it. And unfortunately, like Bill Lawrence had very little to do with it. Zach Braff was only in half the episodes. Sarah Chalk was only in half the episodes. The only two regulars from the previous series or seasons that were there the, for the run 
were Donald Faison and John C. McGinley, Dr. Cox and, and, and Dr. Turk. And they're fine, but it just it wasn't the same show. They tried to bring in young actors to kind of recreate and move the vibe forward. It just didn't work. And that, w- that was kind of it. So season eight of Scrubs should have been where it finished fin- finally, finally. And even that was probably a season or two too long. And that's coming from a guy who loves that show. It's interesting when we sit there and can kind of, if you love something so much, it's almost easier for you to pick out the faults. You know what I'm saying? Because you see it all. You know, you know, you know what's good about it. And then you, you know, you don't like to admit it, but you know, it's bad about it too. What's hilarious about watching that show. So I listened to Faison and and Braff's podcast and they've been doing an episode by episode, like sort of retrospective. What's actually really funny for me is when I disagree with shows, they episodes, they hate that I'm like, no, I fucking love this show. Like, what's wrong with you? Uh, and kind of hear where they were kind of done, too. Because they're they're now heading into the last of season eight. And even then, they're like, season nine doesn't exist. So many people say season nine doesn't exist. Because it was just, it was bad. So, all right, that's, that's number three. So that means we're into number two. And that's to me. Uh, here's the thing I think you got to appreciate about me, uh, Tony. I see a lot of things through to the end. I saw Walking Dead through to the end. I thought this might come the, up on your list. The Walking Dead was went for, God, what, 10, 11 seasons? It should again. You got something higher up on your list than Walking Dead, because I thought that'd be your number one. Interesting. Well, uh, I'll explain it when my number one comes okay. along. Okay. And I think, you'll, I think you'll accept it. All right. But you want to talk about a show that just limped along and kept just dragging itself into circles for six seasons. Basically once the Negan stuff played out, that should have been the end of the series, even though there was more material. Instead, we drug it out into the whispers. We drug it out into the colony. And while the series ends on a better note, like the last season feel feels okay. You don't feel totally cheated. Show just dragged on and on. It was, it was awful characters that you didn't nobody cared about the characters by the time it was all done deaths just didn't mean anything because they would just kill everybody uh to the point where it was like why are we watching and when you lose rick grimes you lose carl and you lose michonne i don't care i don't care the series just can't go on and they kept going so walking dead my number two yeah that seemed to be on a lot of lists another show where you love it so much but they just couldn't find a way to end it the right way for the fandom um, my number two is the last sitcom on my list. And I think it's the original sitcom to last too long, even thus coining the phrase of a sitcom that lasts too long. Oh boy. Okay. All right. That's your number one. Okay. I'm, I'm willing to bet it's your, it, it, are you talking about the show that gave us jumping the shark? Yes. Then that is my number one. Okay. So then, well, do you want to, we, we did your two already, right? Yep. Do you want to just get into So it's that? your number one anyway. Okay. Yeah, let's just get into Happy Days okay, now and you can, you, you can wrap up. All right. The, it's the show that started all of shows that have yep. stayed on too long. Exactly. Like a, a, the first show that I thought of for the list was Happy Days because Happy Days, and this is another show that it's fascinating because it, it transitioned away from being about Richie Cunningham to being about Fonz. And at some point, the Fonz just, it was, again, when you have him on water skis jumping over sharks circling in a pool, 
flat, like you're done. You're done. It was just, it was stupid land. It, it's, it created a ton of spinoffs and successful shows. Some not so successful shows like Joni loves Chachi. Not exactly <laughs> a successful show, but Laverne and Shirley, very successful, pretty darn popular shows. Very successful. Very good. So it's not that happy days wasn't a great show or an important sitcom, but you, and it, I get it from an executive point of view, right? Like that's the same thing with the walking dead. Like as an executive, you're like, this show's great. Everybody watches it. It's making us money hand over fist. But when the writers are out of ideas, it's time to let something go. So yes, Happy Days was my number one. For and it's because it's the OG. It's the OG. Thought about the Brady Bunch too. Could have done the Brady Bunch with Cousin Oliver and all that shit. Sure. But nope. Happy Days. Happy Days wins. Uh, happy Days very um, nostalgic geographically, locally where I am. Uh, we even have a Bronze Fonz downtown Milwaukee. But this show is basically set in Racine at a diner and in a sub suburb of Racine. So Wisconsin. Um, all right. My number one. And the title is very apropos. Lost. Because by the end of this series, <laughs> we were all lost. Um, the first, what I think it was six seasons, five or six seasons. This show was, and the first three, two to three were excellent. You're trying to figure out what's going on. But then you just get so far off the plantation that it's just ridiculousness ensues to where we're almost time traveling inside of what's going on. And then the ending to where basically what you saw was purgatory. And a lot of people took it as that. Um, it was what it was. It, it just, I don't know necessarily that this categorizes more into, you can categorize it as in lasted too long, but just done wrong in the end um, to fit, to finish out the show. And, and at the very least, the last two seasons, this could have been wrapped up in, in three to four, but wonderful cast, hugely popular at the time. A lot of these actors and actresses from this show who were unknown going in, made themselves careers out of it uh, afterwards. Do you, you watch Lost at all, Patrick, or no? I tried, but couldn't get into it. Uh, but Lost is really interesting because, you know, J.J. Abrams, this is like, this is what made J.J. Abrams J.J. Abrams, right? Like made him super famous and important. But he was very much, his his style of storytelling, it's, it's another one of those things where it puts you, it puts you in a spot where, like, if you don't, um, if you don't have an end game in mind, you're putting yourself in a, in a, in a place where you can't, um, you can't really effectively end it because you're kind of going around in circles. And that's, that was really the thing that, that's uh, stuck out to me with a lot of the criticism of folks is that it's like you said, they kind of got lost and they were just trying to keep that cash cow going because lost was another one of those appointment television shows for so many people. And so well, I, uh, I get why I didn't make it. Yeah. And I talk about the cast and while it, you know, it kind of rejuvenated Matthew Fox who had a career beforehand. A lot of these people that I'm about to mention, you didn't really know about before this show. Evangeline Lilly, Jorge Garcia, Naveen Andrews, Michael Emerson. I don't even think many people knew about Dominic Monaghan at the time. So you're talking about a kickstarting a lot. I you're a Lord of the Rings fan. Yep. But I mean, as far as as far as far uh, television-wise, you didn't see him doing right. a lot of things. But yeah, I mean, that's the kind of people that they had on this show. So yeah, it's too bad. A lot of these, they just couldn't finish them right. Right. So... 
Excellent, excellent list. I told you I had three. Yeah, what are they? Um, three honorable mentions. The ABC, the ABC fairy tale drama, uh, Once Upon a Time, that yeah, I loved for a really long time. Like I really enjoyed, but it was another one of those shows that it it just sort of ran out of fumes. You thinking of something different? I thought about something different. I'm thinking about something uh, that was two seasons. It was singing and in that. Thing, but it was completely different. Oh no, Galavant! Yes, Galavant. that would be on the other Galavant. side. That Galavant almost would have been almost. I love that show. I did too. That was one of my favorites. That ended but too soon. But no, I um, I will forever be angry at the uh, at, at how long that show went because it just dragged on and on and on and on and on. Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Buffy the Vampire Slayer was another Joss Whedon show. It was really really good. I know it may not be one that you watch. It's really, really good. Really, it's totally great story. Buffy dies at the end of season five, and again, it was one of those where like, okay, it's done. But then it got picked up somewhere else, so they brought her back to life. They did two two additional seasons on top of it. It just wasn't the same. I will say that the finale, the last episode, season seven, is quite good, but I, I do think that it was not quite as good as I would have. Um, or I, I it just wasn't quite as good as it was in the in the first four seasons. Really, probably after season three could have called it when she graduated high school. And then last but not least, another um, Abrams work, Alias, starring Jennifer Garner. Um, loved Alias for two seasons. And then it got weird. And it went, it leaned too far out of the spy part of what it was doing and got really into this like weird occult, people trying to find immortality shit. And that was just, it did not work for me. I didn't like it. And a lot of people didn't like it. They walked away from it. So, but without Alias, you probably don't get Bradley Cooper. So there you go. go. All right. There you have it, everybody. PC Tony and Patrick O'Dowd's five television slash streaming shows that went on too long. And you got 19 shows that that, that were on these two lists, which is a rarity in the five by five. 10. 18. No. 18. 18 because happy, happy days, days overlap. Yeah. That's right. It, happy days and Westworld. My bad. 18 still quality and and a lot of quantity. So, all right. Last thing we're going to do, because it wouldn't be a show if we didn't do it. Got to do what you're watching. So, Tony, I know you're going to be watching the Super Bowl. Everybody will know you have watched the Super Bowl by the time this airs. Yes, yes. But what you watching? Um, so I, I'll stick with the food thing because that's really um i talked about uh, there's not a lot going on right now as far as things on my dvr and we're in the middle of watching different stuff but i talked about somebody feed phil not being on the netflix trailer the other week march 1st that show comes back uh, i also went back and watched some of the chef show um, the other day when i had some time I was just hanging out hopefully that comes back but what am i watching Hell's Kitchen is over. We've moved on to the next Gordon Ramsay vehicle, and that's Next Level Chef with Naisha Arrington and uh, Chef Blaze, Richard Blaze. It's a really fun concept how they do it. I'm not going to explain it to you here on this show. Just go check it out. It's on Thursdays on Fox. Um, If you're into the cooking shows and a little bit of competition and something different, this is a really, really fun one. Next Level Chef. Excellent, excellent. Um, I started watching and it's an animated series on, uh, Amazon prime. It is called, it's an, 
This is not. I don't think this is going to be your jam. So while I while I say this, I want to fully recognize it's an animated musical called Has Been Hotel, and the story behind this series it's eight episodes. It is the story of the daughter of Lucifer, who is trying. So in the in this in this version of the world, um, heaven in an effort to control the population of all the souls that get damned to hell, once a year sends its angels down to basically cull the souls of the denizens of hell and destroy them forever. Lucifer's daughter, uh, in an effort to save some of these souls, uh, her name is Charlie Morningstar, she devises a way to create a hotel that is designed to help try and rehabilitate some of the 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 hell the souls in hell so that they are no longer cold by the angels in heaven and i've only watched one episode so far but i'm in it's it's bonkers it's hilarious you might recognize one of the voices stephanie beatriz plays uh voices the role of vaggy uh who is charlie's girlfriend slash partner Stephanie Beatriz plays Rosa in Brooklyn Nine-Nine and um, instantly recognized like she spoke and I'm like that's Rosa and then again because it was on Amazon Prime just pressed pause and I was like huh there it is there's Rosa um you some don't even, other you don't even have to well what do you what do you watch how do you watch your streaming stuff my tv okay. I watch it on my tv gotcha I, w- TV. I watch it on my um, PlayStation, so I just press down. It doesn't even pause. It just comes up. Nice. Keith David does a voice of a character in this. Uh, very, very famous voice. If you've heard him, you know who he is. This is on my list on Amazon, so it, it looks fun. I'm glad you brought it up. It's you like, hilarious. Seen the first episode you've seen? I've seen the first episode. I think my favorite part was you you meet Adam like from Adam and Eve, and he's a total dude bro dick, dick douchebag. Uh, sings this whole song. It's it's hilarious. Like I really liked this I'll first check it episode. Out. Don't watch it around the kids because well, it's foul. True. It is foul and it is filthy. Um, but I've also been doing some reading. Um, I just finished one book and I'm about to, and I just started another one. So the Athletic, the Athletic, uh, the online magazine, they've put out a couple books now. Uh, I told you back when I read the Baseball 100 where they gave their list of the 100 greatest baseball players of all time well back in august they were or august or april of 2023 um one of the ones that starts with an a they released the football 100 and i gave it a look i actually got really mad at this list because i feel like it's loaded with some recency bias and maybe that's just my opinion i just need to read the article the 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 articles for what they were but who would you say was their number one greatest football player of all time yeah Tom Brady, probably. That was their number one. Yeah. Was was Tom Brady. Jim Brown was number two. I would flip him, but that's just me because of the oh, social impact the, of Jim Brown. Neither, but I get it. Neither of those are my greatest football player of all time. Who's your greatest football player of all time? Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice was in the he was number three. So top ten. Dick Buckus, Johnny Unitas, Walter Payton, Peyton Manning, Joe Montana, Reggie White, Lawrence Taylor, Jerry Rice, Jim Brown, Tom Brady. Um, here's what here's where I said what the fuck ever, and this isn't because I'm a Bears fan. Aaron Rodgers is listed as number twenty one. In front of players like Barry Sanders, I just 
I'm sorry. Aaron like, Rodgers, I, I know. Aaron Rodgers won four MVPs, Patrick. I, I'm, Barry, Barry Sanders I'm not, is being victimized not, by the team he plays for. I'm not saying he's not. Opinion. I said, someone asked me in social media, I responded to something about a Jim Brown, greatest running back of all time. I said it's Brown and and, and Barry Sanders and then everybody else. So I well, agree with well, you Well, they, they don't need, they have a, I mean, they have him behind Emmitt Smith. Like Emmitt Smith is. But I'm not trying to defend the Packers oh. player either, but I think. Oh, no, no, he is, a, he is ahead of Emmitt Smith. I like. I don't know. I don't know where I would end up putting him all time, but I'll we'll just say he he is only one of two players to ever win four NFL MVPs. Right. I and I'm not saying that he wasn't among the 100 greatest football players of all time. I I actually just think I think Barry Sanders is woefully underranked. Like, oh yeah, I agree. on this list in general, like he's listed at number 23, and I'm just like, is he though? You know, JJ Watts at 35. There's it just it was really interesting the number of like sort of recent. Names like guys, some guys are current, like, um, like I think he will be in, he is amongst the 100 greatest players of all time. Like Patrick Mahomes was listed as number 98, which, um, was a little surprising, but well, I mean, just kind of going through two, like two MVPs and two Super Bowls already. That's that puts you up there. No, I, I think he's, I think he is amongst yeah. one of the 100, and one of the greatest things Probably about lists, when he's done, he'll be in the top lists. 10, I think. Right. Uh, and I do think that part of the thing about these lists is, is the debate that surrounds sure. it. Awesome. Yeah. Right. But, um, but the other book that I just started reading that I'm really excited to get into is a book titled, will you love me tomorrow? And it is a oral history retrospective of girl groups from the sixties and into the seventies, the, like the Shirelles, the Supremes, um, the Vandellas, and kind of looking back at um, what is quickly becoming a largely forgotten piece of music history. And so these authors went and they conducted interviews with all these surviving members of girl groups um, to talk about the history of these girl groups, how they got to be where they were and where they found their niche in music. And it's it's been a really interesting read so far. So I haven't really been watching so much as reading, Tony. Nothing wrong uh, with that. Nothing wrong with that. But having a good time. So, yeah. all right. Well, we gave him about an hour and a half of good top content. I promised a short show. We gave you the goods, people. So before we get out of here, Tony, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on the socials, on the Chairshot Radio Network? All that good stuff. Yeah, you can follow me at PC Tunny, and you can hear me all over ChairShot Radio Network on all of your favorite streaming platforms and also available on thechairshot.com. All right, and you can follow me on the social medias at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. You can listen to me every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday on the ChairShot Radio Network. Uh, hope you guys really enjoyed this show. Uh, I really had a lot of fun. Always good to talk about, um, do a five by five. I, I miss those. I wish I had more time to, to actually do them a little more regularly. Uh, but taking advantage of this opportunity was great. So that's going to do it for us. This Oh, I forgot. Follow the show on X Twitter at Bandwagon Nerds. Always good to get some polls up there. Maybe that'll be a poll. What show do you think ended too early or went on too long? We'll throw it out there. We'll see what happens. Uh, but that is going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. 
Now get yourself out of the basement. Get some sun. Check out the soap Super Bowl. I hope you enjoyed it. Watch some of these shows that ended too early and start a writing campaign to bring them back. You have been listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, part of the Chairshot.com.